like a Griswold accidental thing it sounds like <laughs> it is Griswoldian but it's too far Griswoldian Griswoldian works there's the there's the word of the day I like that who who amongst us is the most Griswoldian it's me um no you're you're uh, your cousin Eddie Andy don't even <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it right now I'm the Griswoldian right up right here in 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 the the sixth of Connecticut, I uh, yeah, it's it's pretty, it's pretty. I'm surrounded by the ordinarians. Yeah, you get that a lot here too. Well, Griswold was kind of ordinary. That was his thing. He was like the straight man. Bad shit just happened to him. He made a series of bad decisions. That's not you. I'm thinking that's Matt. What Gri- Griswold's only crime was passion. Hmm. You know you're right. What is Matt passionate about? Warhammer. <laughs> okay. Hockey, but not really, because I haven't painted anything. So, so yeah. Hockey. So Matt's into things, but is he truly passionate about the things? Hmm. He's passionate about hating America. <laughs> that I can agree on. Okay, there you, you guys go. are a bunch of idiots, morons, <laughs> all of you. He's passionate about his dispassion. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 584. I am Master Torgo. Who the fuck is Griswold K? <laughs> Back check, Andy. May believe that. <laughs> With Dr. Varg. And Dev. And we're here to talk Week and Geek, finally. <laughs> and Moby Dick. <laughs> Tell me about that drink, Andy. What's, what's the Moby Dick? It's uh, just something I invented. It's uh, white rum, uh, Cardi in this case, and uh, uh, birch beer, which is a soda you can mostly get in New England. It's kind of a spearminty, kind of sarsaparilla-like. You could probably find at most of your specialty soda shops. It's, it's mm-hmm. old-timey sodas. Yeah. We've, we made it once. It was awful when we made it. Wait, you made uh, it? What do you make it with? Birch saplings. Boil the bat bird saplings. Of course you did. You crazy, crazy man. <laughs> but there's, got, yeah. there's more to it than that, right? You just don't well, bo- uh, just uh, boil Apparently, birch. in our case, not enough sugar. <laughs> you basically make birch, basically make a birch tea and then... Uh. That sounds like a tea. Okay. Andy, the people that make their own soda are also the same people who sew their own clothes. Don't be those people. I've been patching the same pair of pants all, all, uh, all uh, pandemic. <laughs> Andy is the reason why Matt hates America. <laughs> <laughs> so, my friends, what geeky things did you do this week? Uh, we'll start with Deb. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> nope. You just sat there nope. and hated America. You, you wait your turn to tell us nothing. Yes. You're, you're <laughs> the little Billy of, of this uh, show. Not me. <laughs> So I actually have been wa- uh, binge watched Discovery of Witches. So I watched like two seasons in three days. It was great. I liked it. Uh, where are you just streaming this at? Um, so Amazon has both seasons. The first season is available, but the second season you have to do a subscription to either 
Oh gosh. Shutter, uh, the girly network on cable. Is the girly <laughs> network? I forget what it's called. Anyway. Oh, um, okay. Spice Channel? Free... What the hell is the girly network? You know, it's like Hallmark Channel, but not Hallmark. Hallmark uh, Oxygen. Channel. Oxygen. Yes, thank you. But you get, they do like a seven day trial. So I just, I watched the whole second season in like a day and a half. Tell me about Discovery of Witches. So apparently it's a, based on a book series, which I have not read. It was good. Um, witches are a, like a, they call themselves creatures. So it's witches, vampires, and demons. And demons they haven't really given any background on. I don't really know what their thing is. But they were all created, the three, the three creatures, races. So they're not human. They're different. They were created. Um, obviously, vampires, besides, like, long life, most of their traits are nothing like any other normal vampire lore. So They, they don't can, burn up in the sun. They don't burn up in the sun. You know, a lot of their weaknesses aren't a thing. They can apparently bear children. You know, things like that. It's interesting. I don't know, the main character, she's a witch. She shied away from her powers because her parents died when she was really young. And uh, things that you learn later, they apparently, like, put it, cast a spell on her to hide the majority of her power until something happened to her that caused the spell to wear off so she actually could use the power to save her life. And she found out, essentially, she's, like, one of the most powerful witches born in hundreds and hundreds of years. Is this a grittier version of Frozen? No, because that's sisters, and she's not, she doesn't have a sister. Okay. Um, but, yeah, Trying I to bring mean, the funny. It doesn't feel like young adult, like, not so much young adult as some of the other stuff I've read. Um, but, I mean, it's definitely, Barry watched a few episodes with me, and then it turned him quickly off because the magic started getting really hard to follow. And she became a time walker. So they She's hid second too. season. They hid back in Elizabethan England because they were hiding from people in their time and all these things. But I liked it. It was enjoyable. Was so good. wait, does it take place in current time or? Yeah, the first season okay. does. Then they go back in the past to hide and find something. And then this will be the it's apparently a th three book series. They're going to have one more season, which hasn't aired yet. It's going to air. They filmed it, but it hasn't aired yet. And it'll be back in present time. Fantastic. I recommend it. Anybody who likes witch lore, you know, fantasy, like high fantasy, I, I recommend it. It's good. Barry, what'd you do this week? I watched this show called Discovery of Witches, but then I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not for me. I've been busy. I've been doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But really, I've been uh, thinking about... Uh, the remodel, that's right, we're getting more kitchen space, it's gonna be great, and I get a bar in my house, it's gonna be wonderful. Uh, I've been thinking about that, really, and what to put in the bar, and, 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 uh, watching YouTube videos about bar builds, and how to, and, and what alcohols to put in the bar, and what drinks to serve, and things like that. So, that's where my mind has been, that, and, like, thinking about getting the hell out of this house because now I've got my second shot and I want to go on vacation very badly. So uh, I haven't really done anything other than that. All right. Matt, what'd you do? <laughs> what did I do? Let's see. Uh, babysit the terror that is my dog. And that's tell pretty me, much what I did. Tell me, how is it going with Meg? 
Uh, anything that's not nailed down, mine, 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 mine. <laughs> and uh, yeah, pretty much that. And the other day, actually, last podcast. Um, so Paulette was sitting here working uh, beside me. And this little bitch right here, Meg, not Paulette. Oh, okay. I want to be sure. I want to <laughs> clarify that. Walked over to the computer cords at her computer and tore the tower off the desk. Oh, I holy left. crap. Yeah. I lot. Nothing broke, nothing, nothing, but nothing broke. She didn't chew through the wires, but it was fucking hilarious. Well, it didn't seem like it was hilarious, but I yeah, thought it was no. hilarious. Yeah, no. <laughs> Just tell yeah, her to so... calm down. Because <laughs> that's always worked. No. You tell a woman, relax. Yeah. Right, Seb? Yeah, and that's how you Just get punched in the mouth. Just really hard. Down. Yeah. Where's Kay? Where's Kay? What, did I get the line wrong? What, is, what the hell did uh, she tell Paulette? What did Paulette tell Matt when I spilled the beer? You okay. have to relax. <laughs> I think it was you have to calm down or you have to relax. It's been so long, I can't remember anymore. Well, Matt, you finally sent me a picture of Meg, and what a sweetheart. So I can't believe she'd be any trouble. Oh yeah, right. See that's a see that photo right there. That's how she got me to pick her from the pet store. I was like, that uh-huh. one. she's yellow lab, right? Yeah, but well, she's more oh, like yeah. red than anything. But yeah, oh no, high, super high energy, like way worse <laughs> than Jade ever was when she was a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Cool. All right, that's so what? you had Meg issues all week, so you're you're corralling Meg, pretty much. And uh, so I assume you've lifted up all of your. Uh, Warhammer figures out of reach. Uh, they're still packed. They're protected in a cardboard box. So, <laughs> my well, word good. of warning to you is not to leave her alone anywhere where she can chew on the baseboard, or where she can oh. eat the carpet, or oh. where she where she'll eat your comforter on your bed. These are all things Jade did when she was, you know, three months to a year old. Everything that like you don't expect them to chew on is what they will chew on. Pretty much, yeah. Just picture having Andy in your house. Oh, God. Okay, what did you do? Oh, I just threw on the uh, video game and then ran. And, you know. <laughs> all I can do is all I can do is burn the game and burn fall it into the screen. Yeah, burn it into the screen. You come <laughs> walking down the stairs at the at dawn, and there's Andy's big head right in front of the TV screen playing Fallout. <sighs> so. so, Andy, what you been doing then? Uh, I, I, uh, I, uh, I, for some reason I didn't realize I could watch King Kong versus Godzilla for free until you guys said it during the podcast. So I watched <laughs> King Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus King Kong. And yeah, what's your thoughts? Uh, I wasn't in a rush to watch it because I'm not a huge Kaiju fan. I really enjoyed it. I found it very, very fun to watch. And you're right. The, the, uh, the people are much more interesting than the, the big monsters punching each other. What are you talking about? Was that sarcasm? It better have been sarcasm. <laughs> I can't tell. So, Your screen is so, so fuzzy. So what episode was a, what 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 show was a, what movie was Aleffa in? Because they referenced her being from something else before. Stranger what? Things. Stranger yeah, Things. I know, I know, but she was in one of the Godzilla or King Kong. King of the monsters. The, the previous sequel. Mon- was she? I didn't even know. Yeah, that's how good her character was. <laughs> there <you> go. <laughs> They they could have taken that whole story of them sneaking into that whatever Cyberdyne, whatever the hell the name of that place was, <laughs> out Apex. of the movie Apex. Yeah, there we go. Not Cyberdyne, Apex. And uh, yeah, the movie would not have suffered at all. I I haven't seen 
not to, I can't want to call it destroy all monsters, but King of the Monsters, the the second Godzilla yeah. film. I still haven't watched that. That's the one that uh, the actress originally was in. But it's my understanding that her character is quite different from that film to Kong versus Zilla. Well, she's the thing is is like I don't even I I'm not even a parent, you know, haven't had a daughter, but even I know girls can change from like 12 or 13 to 16 and that's the zone she's in. So, okay. When I hear that criticism, I'm just like, "Eh, it's a Godzilla movie and eh, you've never known teenage girls." I don't know. Right. Fair enough. Yep. It, it's, I'll buy that. I agree with Matt. I actually think, although the 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 podcaster who was spying on Apex, uh, I thought the the actor did a good job. I didn't see a purpose in the character. Frankly, if they wanted to have an insider working at Apex, they actually should have had Kyle Chandler playing Millie Bobby Brown's dad, being the insider. Or they could have actually figured out a way to twist the logic and make her the insider. Maybe make her doing the podcast. It was a whole additional step that they didn't really need. But then again, as Matt said, the, the Apex subplot was kind of uh, extraneous anyway. I really did enjoy the, uh, the uh, um, pitch meeting of it. Where they talk about, and and he's just announcing on his podcast that he's going to spy on them and and steal yeah. stuff from them right before he goes in, <laughs> and and nobody catches that. Okay, yeah, we need the security to be really lax in this to make the story go forward. The the whole purpose of the apex, and and frankly, all of that, everything that we're talking about, the the whole purpose just seems to be to add another creature to fight. Right. That's that's, that's, all, that's the whole reason. There's no other reason. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I did enjoy it. I, I, that's, I, I don't really seek out kaiju movies. I usually watch them over Kirsten's shoulder. I'm doing something else. I enjoyed the heck out of it. I had a good time. I got a question for you. Where is the third um, skull of uh, King Godira? Oh, yeah. Next movie. Pretty much. Huh. Probably. I'm Z- thinking that same thing. Zombie, zombie gaiju versus uh, Godzilla. The way they keep referencing the movies, which is one of the things I loved about this one, they referenced the shit out of so much. Uh, the next step, logical step, would be Mecha Ghidorah, which was uh, a cyborg Ghidorah, uh, because uh, Ghidorah lost a, uh, a head in one of the older movies, and when he came back, he uh, had a mechanical head in its place. So I think Mecha Ghidorah will be next. Do I do any of you know anything about like the monster verse? I mean, are, are there other like monsters that have yet to be revealed from the Kirsten? To- oh. <laughs> Kirsten? Yeah. Kirsten? They um they've pretty much revealed all the big ones. There are a slew of little tiny ones. Uh Amanda, oh shoot, I forgot the name of uh, the uh, giant spider. There, there are still those, but in terms of the big ones, uh, Rodan, Mothra, Godzilla, Ghidorah, and Kong, they pretty much revealed. I mean, you've got some villain ones, Gigan, Ghidorah. What's Gigan? Uh, Gigan is the, the, the one with the scythe hands and the buzzsaw in the, in the chest. What the f- What? <laughs> what? I think a lot of people would mispronounce it uh, Gigan. But it's uh, it's actually pronounced Gigan. 
bu- a buzzsaw. He's like uh, he's he's like an extraterrestrial. He's one of the extraterrestrial. Because that uh, explains a buzzsaw in a chest. Yeah. Well, Very where does cool. Ult- where does Ultraman fit in all this stuff? Where does Voltron fit? Up your butt. The vehicle one, not the lions. See, that would have been fun if that's what Apex was working on, a Voltron. Mm. Yeah. They need to meld these universes. I love it when things get melded. Well, that's what happened with all the uh, all the stuff that got transferred from Japan to America. They just stuck all the movies together and called it one movie. That's cool. Yeah. That's, <laughs> uh, that's how you end up. No, seriously, that's how you ended up with a lot of... Again, Kay is the better person to talk about this than me. But a bunch of the stuff that got over here, they took parts of several Japanese animation shows and stapled them together to make it into one movie or one series. See, that's fun. That's why people like the Marvel movies. Remember when Friends was on like some fucking network and then I think NBC, I think it was, I don't know. And then all the all the shows of that network had like an earthquake at the same time. See? I don't know that at all. That sounds cool. No, that happened once. They had an earthquake or whatever, and Chandler got stuck in an ATM vestibule. Whatever. Shit happened. When does it happen? And it melded with, uh, like, it was in the same universe as the, the, the show with Helen Hunt. Mad about you. All right. Thank you. Yes. Same universe. Same yeah, universe. Yeah. This is why yeah, I put my D&D games all in the same universe, because it's fun. Because, they need to put Phoebe's, more... Phoebe's sister, well, the character, the, the goddamn her name yes. right out of my head. She yes. played a. She was a waitress in uh, Bad yeah, About Bad You. About yeah. Yes, exactly. And she was a porn star. Yes, I think that's true. I watched a lot of Friends. All that shit has to happen in movies too. I need to be watching like a DC movie. Do 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 do. Oh my god, it's GI Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so you like the IDW comic verse, is what I'm hearing. Yes, that shit is fun. Technically, it would be G.I. Joe and the Transformers. Doctor Who with Star Trek and X-Men. Yes, yes, yes. All of a sudden, the guys from Supernatural come along and fight all the ghosts and Ghostbusters. How cool would that be? (laughs) It sounds like chaos to me. Do it! The big corporations would stop suppressing uh, the expiration of copyright you know, right. we could eventually get stuff like that because when stuff falls into right. the public domain, you do what the hell you want. Steamboat Willie fights Gertie the Dinosaur. So I watched all of, uh, I watched, I binged the last half of Resident Evil in the last like four or five episodes. And it was just uh, so much fun. Um, when I started watching that, I expected to be kind of like, oh, alien stuck on Earth. It's not alien stuck on Earth. It's alien whose plan is to destroy the Earth. But you still love him. It's just delightful. And apparently all of the uh, the comedy aspects of it are not in the comic. I haven't read the comic. Uh, but apparently they, they upped the humor level out of it when they got Alan Tudyk in there. Because um, Alan Tudyk's readings were just hilarious. I mean, just watching him move, watching him walk around as an alien in the human body, is it's not unlike uh in galaxy quest where the aliens are walking around in human bodies and not knowing what the hell they're doing tudic does that but does it in such a subtle way that you could it's just uh he's a genius uh, again nothing everything i've seen him in i love him i mean no matter what the show is when he shows up he is the king of the show Agreed. but yeah the the those 
those last episodes are great. I, if I had money, I would probably, you know, pay to actually have the real, actual sci-fi network channel, whatever, because the free version of it is so full of commercials. I watched probably 72 hours uh, to watch that last uh, four episodes of, you know, just commercial, 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 commercial. Yeah, but the problem with that is that you're also buying all the other shows that sci-fi does, and they're just hot garbage. Yeah, I, I believe that because I have some some gar- I've seen some garbage out there. Uh, I also watched uh, the Great Train Robbery, which was weird. Like the original? No, not the not the one from 1909 or whatever. No, the 1978 one with uh, uh, um, uh, Sean Connery and uh, Donald Sutherland. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like a weird Victorian caper flick. Not even Victorian, it's like 1850. It's a very strange movie. Uh, it, it is essentially set up as a caper, but, is, as you know, but it's an early caper movie because I'm watching it going, well, you, you can't bring this many people into it that aren't involved. You, you, these people are all going to rat on you. Yeah? There was like a whole section that's just full of double entendres that are not subtle. You know, it's a guy, it's a, Sean Connery is trying to get information from this guy by pretending he's interested in his daughter, and the guy's wife is there, and he's both hitting on the daughter and the wife at the same time with this whole thing about the construction, and like, oh, these these workmen, are they, are they, are they pounding things hard? Are they drilling it where they're supposed to? It's like, what the fuck? Nobody's, that's not solving anything. But the uh, the big thing about it is that he is a, he's 78. I don't know how old he is in 78. But he's old enough that he shouldn't be doing his own stunts, and he does. Like There's a whole section near the end where he is running along the prop of a train. Apparently, the train was supposed to go 35 miles an hour, which is still faster than you'd really want to run on the top of a train. But the guy who was running the train was keeping track of the speed by counting the telephone poles. And uh, he was wrong. So the train was going like 55 miles an hour, which was tracked by like a helicopter flying above shooting shots. Um, so Connery is really running around. I guess his wife was pissed off at him when she saw the movie. And so, but uh, it, it's it's a fun movie. It's definitely a fun movie, but it's not. If they remade it, they would definitely change a lot of it because the actual heist part of it is is uh, clumsy. And I found Groot. I was driving through the countryside in uh, in. Uh, in the Berkshires, I was driving the edge of the Berkshires, and I, you know, you drive by and you see a, a tree that somebody's carved into a bear or, or uh, an owl on top of a trunk, and I was driving through, and there was Groot. I'll, I'll post it on the lair, but there was an actual fully carved, more than life-size Groot on the side of the road. Nice. Adorable. Yeah. I had, I had to make my dad watch uh, Guardians of the Galaxy again, so he knew what Groot was. The 70s was the time for big actors still doing their own stunts. Mm-hmm. I watched for the first time Dirty Harry this week. Oh, yeah. Wait, for the first time? Yeah. And wow. the, uh, there's the scene where Eastwood jumps from a bridge onto a bus. And they're, you're tracking him that entire shot. He, he's the one making that jump onto sure. that moving bus. And yeah, you just you don't get that anymore. That's just never going to happen. One insurance is not going to let it happen. Tom Cruise. Tom yeah, Cruise exactly. I was that. Yeah. Uh, you know he... what? You're right. I stand corrected. He he insists on it, and yes. I can't imagine what the insurance premiums on those shows are like. Well, Keanu Reeves and all the John Wick stuff has been doing his own stuff too. Has he? Yeah. Ah, that I did not know. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. He is younger than Tom Cruise, though. 
Not by much, I don't think, but he's still younger. Kirsten, what'd you do this week? I watched Blade 1 and 2. Really? And, uh, yeah, it's the first time I'd watched them in decades. And, actually, uh, I enjoyed it. I was kind of surprised. I'd forgotten how much Matrix actually owes uh, Blade 1 for the whole rave scene, leather, goth, trench coat aesthetic thing going on. So <laughs> it was actually interesting watching that and and seeing that evolution that was there it was fun makes me interested in what they're going to do when they do blade again i watched a little more invincible uh steve had uh gotten me started on resident alien uh i saw the first episode of that so what was your what's your take because i didn't know they've seen it all I'm, yeah oh i'm uh, you know it's fine right now i'm still early enough in it that I don't find the alien sympathetic. Uh, it definitely takes a while. <clears throat> yes. I mean, it, right now, the, the way the alien actually came into his circumstances, I'm sort of like, I'm supposed to like this character? So I'm waiting for them to, to you know, do the moment or the, the moments where, oh, okay, I should like this person. Because right now I'm not. So that's sort of the weird zone for me. I think that's basically about it for that week. I actually, uh, my back got a little tweaked and, you know, unemployment has uh, entered a new phase. So I had some stressful crap like that going on. And I meant to watch a lot more, actually. But I, uh, when I started taking my, you know, this is my sad story. I don't know why I'm telling this. But when I took my muscle relaxers, I did a lot of sleeping. So, no, what you did a lot of a lot of was not playing uh, Monster of the Week, you bastard. Yeah, that's true. I didn't do that. I actually bailed on that on that game. Sad. Oh, and I watched. Don't I watched Godzilla. Thing that versus... together. <laughs> yeah. All right. I watched Godzilla versus Kong again. So I really like the Kong axe. They they yeah. are the best part. And I love the idea behind it, too. Just, you know, some creature took a, a a Godzilla femur and planted a Godzilla dorsal fin on it and made it into a weapon. And That's a key, just, apparently. And, oh, it's just so awesome. All the gorillas yeah, well, live there, though, with, you know, creatures like Godzilla. They had to have weapons to defend themselves. Well, I like, I also, because from like a D&D perspective, I like the idea of of a character making its its own magic weapon like out of out of parts of an enemy. There's something I forgot to mention. What's that? Ooh. I had to watch the first episode of The Nevers. So I made Barry watch it with me last night. Oh, I was curious about that one. I enjoyed it. I really liked it. But I'm a huge Joss Whedon fan, so um Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Do not say that name. <laughs> not in this this podcast. Sorry. Too bad. You're a traitor, Deb. You're a traitor to your people. Oh, you know what? Buffy the Vampire Slayer, to this day, like... Uh, I'm sorry. I was in high school and early college when that show came out. Sarah Michelle Gellar. I loved it. I loved it. Okay? I loved it. Angel, all of it. Love Joss Whedon. Agreed. Never did. Yeah, well, you're lost. Aren't you the guy that touts the whole Marvel Universe stuff? I liked Marvel. I never liked Buffy. 
And Marvel was just the Avengers. Not like he did all the Marvel stuff. Yeah. Right. But you enjoyed well, that- Dr. Horrible, right? Dr. Horrible single on blog. I enjoyed also- it, except for the singing. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's the best part, Barry. <laughs> it is the best part. Yeah. Totally the best part. Aside from that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> the Nevers was really, it was really good. It definitely caught me first. I mean, obviously, first episode. So it's, it's introducing you to the world. There's some aspects to it that I am intrigued by. Obviously, like quintessential catch of here's your bad guys. We'll give you more later type stuff. But so far, I like it. Of course, it's about like the 19th century. About 45 minute episodes, 50 minutes episodes. Yeah, I mean, it's HBO, so like 50 to 55, probably. Not made for commercials. Well, I saw a movie that I highly recommend for you, Deb. Uh, mm-hmm. The movie is called The Taking of Deborah Logan. Okay. It came out in 2016. Uh, be sure to write it down because it is the scariest movie I've seen in a long time. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, Which means it's, I won't watch it. You should. You're going to put those little things in your eyes like Clockwork Orange, and you're going to watch Deborah Logan. Uh, it is uh, the cinema verite found footage style film. Uh, you know, that's I really enjoy that style of picture. Uh, even if you don't like that style, I might recommend giving this one a shot. There is a bit of a sensitive matter, though, I do want to bring up before I continue talking about it. I mean, Jeff isn't here uh, for one, but uh, Andy, uh, that show does deal significantly with dementia in case that's a sensitive subject. Or for anybody out there who has uh, dealt with dementia as an issue in your family. It, it figures in heavily to the story, and it, I can see it being uh, problematic for some. I, I live there. It doesn't bother me. But it is a well-put-together cinema verite horror film. And it is disturbing from the beginning and just continues to become more and more so. Uh, one of the better found footage films I've seen since, uh, frankly, the the earlier great ones of uh, Paranormal Activity and Blair Witch. If there's anybody say, what uh, found footage film should I start with? I might recommend this one just because uh, it's hard to beat. It, they figured out all the beats on how a film like this should be made. Uh, there is a big pedigree behind it. The actress who plays Deborah Logan got some awards, but deserved many more. Her portrayal is absolutely heartrending and terrifying at the same time. Uh, I watched it on Amazon Prime, uh, but I think it's on multiple platforms. I know it's on Shudder. I think it's even on Netflix, but I'm not positive on that one. Uh, but it is free on Prime if you are a Prime member. It is produced by Brian Singer, so I do want to be upfront about that in case that is an issue for you as well. My issue with Cinema Verite is is entirely encapsulated in the film Cloverfield. <laughs> I went into that thinking, wow, this is going to be a great film. And it was the opposite of that. I want to see the film that was happening just to the left of the footage that I saw in Cloverfield. That looked like a great film. I wish yeah. I could see that film. And, and that's, that's the misstep the they don't do in this one. The problem with Cloverfield is that, quote-unquote, what you don't see is what's supposed to scare you. You, know, you just get flashing images of things happening. This one is, a, is done in the style that they are doing a documentary about this 
family dealing with this dementia patient that turns into something larger. So it's okay. already started with a documentary crew underneath it. I'm picturing that, it as being very creepy. So that, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, as it does a great... Cloverfield and don't do Cloverfield, I'm good. That footage in Cloverfield just to the left is a lot more expensive. Yeah! It, the camera does not shy away from what is happening, and that's what I think makes it the big difference between the two. Where Cloverfield, they try to give you little glimpses and let your mind fill in the rest of it. Here, the camera is straight on on what's happening, and you miss nothing. Okay, what did you think of Blair Witch when it came out? Uh, I like Blair Witch a lot. Uh, it was a study in that whole less is more Cloverfield aspect. It, it doesn't show a lot. It does a lot more in creating this world instead. Uh, and it's another interesting idea that it was an all improv movie that the directors basically gave the actors of the beats that they wanted them to hit, but let the actors go and fill in the rest. It, it works in some ways. It works and doesn't work in other ones, but it does a really good job of creating this slow creep to the end. I do understand people's issues with that film that there wasn't a whole lot there to be scared of, but I do like that whole uh, witch in the woods storyline behind it. We had a lot of that growing up where I was. Yeah. What I do love about it, it was is the world. I get it. Tara, Tara just, my wife just came in and she said it, 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 to tell him it made your wife cry. Yes, at the end of uh, Deborah Logan, she was so affected by it that she. No, yeah, at the end it was so freaky and it just overwhelmed her with emotion. So, you bastard! Don't you blame me. She's the one that brought this movie to my attention. Would you like to speak about the movie? No, Are you sure? I, you, I will gl- give this microphone to you. No, I got too much to say about it. <laughs> Has she not listened to the show before? Talking too much about something is what we do. She's the one that brought this movie to my attention. She originally countered this and started watching it. She's like, I'm stopping this. I I have to watch this with Torgo because this movie needs to be watched together. And she was right. My God, great movie. And In fact, I'd seen the poster so many times and skipped it over. That I'm like, uh, it's it doesn't really appeal to me. But ooh, what a boy, well, that judging a book by its cover. Uh, but going back to what I was saying about Blair Witch, what I really loved about what they did is the world building around the movie itself. To the point that I think that the fake documentary that they did in the In Search of style of the 70s about the Blair Witch is better than the Blair Witch movie itself. I confess I've never seen the Blair Witch. I thought the marketing on it was brilliant. That was the yes. first, first, first movie to make do viral marketing. If you're one of the few out there that hasn't seen Blair Witch, I recommend finding the fake documentary that they made about it in that 70s In Search Of style. If you're not familiar with In Search Of, it was a a Mysteries of the Unknown series in the 70s that had a real creepy vibe to it. And they nailed it for this documentary. And of course, the whole documentary is fake. It was They posted it online in the uh, early days of web marketing as a true thing. And it, uh, it fooled fooled uh, quite a few people. Fooled more people than uh, the original War of the Worlds radio play did. Did it really? Huh. Yeah, not a lot of people believe that. That's, a, that's kind of a misnomer. There's, 
there's a few small instances of people who didn't get it at the beginning and but uh but yeah it's a, kind of an old wives tale that there was a panic around war of the world's radio show uh. but in this case they convinced some people that this was real and partially because of the build up around it and partially because of how it was done how the movie was made it looks real if you don't know better but going off that check out the taking of deborah logan very very good very affecting so cinema verte is found footage I, i've heard the term before i just never bothered to look it up uh it's 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 related but it's not exactly the same no mm, i'm gonna look it up and like UK, I've been watching Invincible as well as uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, and, yeah. and, and my brain has gone, done this kind of juggling thing with it as to, like, they're competing in some way. And if that was the case, which it's not, but in my brain, in the world I live in, uh, Invincible is winning between the two. Oh. Don't get me wrong. I like Falcon and Winter Soldier, I really am interested in the story it's telling, and it's getting more and more interesting as it's going along. But when it comes to the show I'm most excited to see when it releases, it's Invincible. I absolutely adore that show. That's been my take on Falcon and Winter Snowman. Snowman. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was bound to happen was, sooner or later. There was a movie called Falcon and the Snowman, and I keep getting that. Mixed yeah, up in my me head. too. Yeah, I do that um, too. Um, <laughs> I enjoy it a lot, but unlike Vision and Wanda, Wanda Vision, I don't. I'm not champing at the bit. I'm like I'll watch it when you know when I get a chance to. It's so funny. I haven't watched it yet, and now I'm I'm to the point of fuck it. I'm just going to let it run its course, and then I'll binge it. You know what, Kay? Yes. So far from what I've seen, that's not a bad way to go. It's an intricate story that it's telling, so much so that I think putting it out one episode a week is actually hurting it a little bit. Same reason Kay, I buy trades. Okay, you should do that. You should you should be our uh, our uh, our uh, the fuck is the word I'm looking for here? Um, our guinea pig, uh, guinea pig is word that the, the our, uh, no fuck garbage piss boy. <laughs> the, the 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 person. Oh my god! Are you having a stroke? Are you? Fine? I am. This is it, isn't it? This is it. This is you're doing it live. That's because I went from I went from the Moby Dicks to the whatever this is. Um, <laughs> mystery booze. In the, a cup. the you're gonna cut this shit out because it's boring. The uh, the that's person what you think. Who's, the person who's not taking the uh, medicine. Stop. The person who's taking the uh, the dummy medicine. Ah, the control. Yeah. The control. Curse, you need to do that via control. (laughs) Hey, Andy. Good story. Hey. Yeah? Yeah? Good story. Oh, good. Excellent. Yeah. Good story. (laughs) (laughs) So, Deb, have you been watching uh, The Falcon and the Winter Snowman? (laughs) The Winter Soldier? Yeah. Yeah. And are you enjoying it? I am actually. So Barry's favorite is Invincible because he's read the comics, loves them. Yeah. I mean, I'm enjoying that show as well, but I, Marvel, I'm really liking Winter Soldier. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, but I, I, I kind of, if I could have the willpower to wait, mm-hmm. I kind of agree with Todd. Like, being able to binge all like eight episodes at once might be a little bit more like satisfying than waiting. Hey. 
every and week. Us over here at I Don't Give a Fuck Productions knows better than you, and I'm going to release it one episode every two weeks. Uh, okay. No, I've been. I've, <laughs> because I you we Deb. don't think you guys should binge, hurting us. I asked you, Deb, because I've been seeing pushback from my uh, female nerds that it's a very macho male story, and they're not as interested in it. I mean, it's well, yeah, not the Winter way, Soldier. Deb, it's two. It's two leading men. I, I mean, mean no, no pressure, Deb, but you represent a lot of people right now. Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, okay. Anybody who knows me personally knows I am very much female power, female like. Men can't tell me to do shit. Like I'm gonna do what I want. Cook, bury a sandwich. Uh huh. No. Okay, first, you don't cook a sandwich, you fuck. Make a sandwich, make a sandwich. <laughs> Canadian monkey, you. You don't cook a sandwich. And second, right. he does like 98% of the cooking in this house. Right. And, and, and it's not cook a sandwich, it's make a sandwich. Yes. But no, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. But I mean, the two main characters, the two men, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, their story is a male story. There is no real, except for the bad guy in the story who tends to be a woman. And to be honest, she's speaking her mind. She's doing what she thinks she wants, like she thinks she needs to. She's standing up for the group she thinks she needs to be standing up for. And that's empowering. It's just she's the bad guy in this show. I don't think that's bad. Uh, One thing with this show so far, and I think it's what speaks against this whole release one a week. WandaVision tended to end with a bit of a cliffhanger that I can't wait to see what happens next. This one, the story just kind of ends i mean this week was the first time that there's been an episode that ended like oh shit what's going to happen next we knew this was going to happen but what's going to happen next right this is the kind of the first week that there's been a true cliffhanger in that show right the previous episode was yeah i kind of wondered when the hell she was going to show up i mean come on yeah yeah so maybe maybe from here on in there'll be enough cliffhangers between the two that it might caused the champing at the bit, as you say. But right now, Invincible's really pushing me. Oh. It's just telling a much more fun, intricate, interesting mystery of a story, in my opinion. You are adapting Robert Kirkman, you know, as opposed to Falcon and the Snow Soldier being what it is. But with what Kirkman did in Invincible, you're going to get an intricate story. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to to continuing to watch that. And yeah, I guess I'm I'll just wait and I'll binge. I'll binge Winter Soldier and we'll we'll see. It'll be interesting to see, you know, like Andy said, as a control, my reaction to it versus you guys. If I really, really, really like it. And yeah. I was intrigued or if I was just or binging it, I was just like, eh, I don't know. But yeah, I'll wait. I'll wait and then I'll do it all at once. I got to tell you, I'm really looking forward to Bad Batch, which is like the next Disney Plus thing to come out, coming out May 4th. Yep. I'm very excited for that. Not binging that. I'm just going to watch it as soon as it comes out. The villain in uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, not Captain America and the Winter Soldier, wasn't she one of the characters in more recent Star Wars? Wasn't she uh, yes. part of the rebellion? Okay. Yes, she was Let's in Han Solo. Han Solo. She's got a very distinctive uh, uh, uh. look. She does. It's actually kind of a cool look, but it's definitely distinctive. And I just want to throw out to those uh, shock monkeys out there that play the uh, pinball effects. Uh, I gave you a few weeks. You know, I, I, I didn't talk about it. I just kind of was quiet. And, and I gave you a few weeks. And so I'm finally going to go back on there. And, and nobody, 
nobody beat a goddamn thing except for one. And so I have to call out appreciation to you, Justin Froyog soft serve on the whitewater pinball table. You did it for a little while and, and I see you. So I, I, I worked a little hard to, to beat that down, but I got your score, but everybody else, where the hell you been? I mean, not, not a score moved anywhere. Ah, I I gotta tell you, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. I cannot participate in that because you have to create a uh, a tournament. Because I don't think we can be friends because you're in a different you're in a console and I'm on the PC. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna get a tournament going once again, and I'm thinking of doing the whitewater table because it is such an unforgiving table. It is one of the hardest machines in the entire Williams collection on that platform. So for those of you who have the whitewater table, look forward to a pinball effects three tournament coming soon. And I think I'm going to make it a really hard tournament too. I think I'm going to give everybody will get three tries. So there'll be no, uh, uh, if the first ball goes bad and, uh, you start it over. Well, that's one of your three tries just to make it that much more tough. Because it is. That is a rough, rough table. So you mean Barry can't play like 20 times to get a really good score? He gets three? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Brutal. Yeah, that's I, exactly I it. within seconds. <laughs> and oh, on man, the table, you will. Uh, for those pinball fans out there, it was officially announced that the next game for the next gen, so I assume it's for the next gen consoles, but it'll probably be released for the current gen as well because they like money. Uh, It's going to be called Pinball Royale, and they're promising a lot more licenses and uh, some good head-to-head stuff out there. So it's supposed to come out uh, by the end of this year. So the next pinball game coming soon. But Andy would like to talk about Board Game Arena. Sir, what what would you like to say? Their their rating system is killing me because you got two minutes, and if, God help you, you get distracted by, like, say your crazy father, and you don't pay attention for two minutes. Suddenly you're kicked out of the game and you lose karma. And I got my karma all the way down to like 50% fought my way, (laughs) fought my way, fought my way back up to like 84. And then that fucking old man, like as I'm starting the game, he starts going to this, Oh, who is this guy dead? I'm like, I don't know. Let me look it up. And then I look it up and you know, then I'm my karma is kicked back down another 10 points. You need to play with people, you know, and then you can set those time limits and they are higher. And that doesn't happen. Uh, okay. Yes. Or so, you can play a, a turn-based game, which allows you all the time you really need. Yes. Uh, that's probably yeah. better. Yeah. But, but if know. you are playing in a real-time table, that they do expect you to be there in the game for real-time board game right. play. Right. Well, the, the one that killed me today was, I mean, I did fight my way back up, and the game had not started. It was one of those things where it's like, so-and-so hasn't clicked, so-and-so hasn't clicked, so-and-so hasn't clicked. Like, well, it's never going to click. And then he talked me something. I looked away for two minutes, and it was those critical two minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. When I'm, when I'm playing Board Game Arena, that I can't have any distractions at all. Because that's, that's just the way that, that thing set, set up like a board game. You know? It's brutal. Unless you're playing in a private game of friends. Exactly. And I do want to throw another game out there for those that are playing Board Game Arena to check out. Uh, it is part of the free games, and it's a game that's well known as a starter game in the worker placement genre. 
and that's a game called Stone Age. There's plenty of uh, videos out there. In fact, there's a episode of Tabletop with Will Whedon that can teach you how to play that game. Uh, but it's a very simple worker placement game. If you've ever you've heard that term, like what's a good how how do you play one of those? Uh, check out this one, and they do a really good job of translating Stone Age on that platform of Board Game Arena. And it's free. And it's free. It's it's part of the uh, the free set. You there's there's quite a few really good games of Board Game Arena that's under the paywall. This is not one of them. Is it a game where there's a traitor? No, no, there's no traitor in this one. Then I will play it with you. <laughs> it's it's a proper European style <laughs> board game. What was the no last traitors game you played those. with Aaron? Uh, that was oh shit, I don't remember. Uh, Alhambra. Alhambra. Oh, that's a great game too. I like that one. Yes, that's a little confusing. I'm glad I played that on uh, online instead yes. of in person. But Aaron, who didn't tell us until we were like halfway through the second game, had played it earlier that day with random people online to learn how to play, and she beat our ass really bad two times in a row because she had like learned how to play before we started playing. Yeah. Wait, wait. She won because she learned how to play. Okay. So to be clear, <laughs> she spent like hours earlier that day playing online, and then texted and said, "Hey, do you guys want to play board games tonight?" On board game uh-huh. arena, and we were like, "Sure." She's already developed her strategies. <laughs> I will say, when with board game arena, uh, again, it costs twenty four dollars for the year for the premium. So if you can afford it, it's well worth it. What I do if I'm learning a new game on it is I set up a game against myself and play all the turns. And by the time I'm done with one game, I'm I'm ready for diving in with others. That is a it's, wise idea. It's a, it's a good way of teaching yourself those games. I do want to say, sorry, Erin is extremely intelligent and smart, so she definitely learns the good way to play. I'm just... But fuck her! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still on six, uh, six Nimit. I have to start spreading away from that. But I've been fighting my way back up to the rankings. It's a good game, man. It's a good game. All right, let's do a little bit of mail before we go into the news. First off, hello, gentlemen and Matt. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Is this news or a letter? That seems like a Who strange uh, British yeah, yeah, this is a letter. Okay. <laughs> you said doing news. mail. Did I he say said news? news? You said I news. Said, no, he said we're going to do a letter first, and then we're going to do the news. Mail. Oh. Speaking right. of which, I got a piece of news after the letters, but go on. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen, and Matt. Torgo's recent tale of having the piss scared out of him by the Cliffhangers TV series reminded me of my oldest memory. I was playing on my swing set and got spooked because I thought I heard my grandfather yell my name, but he lived several states away. A moment later, my father appeared in the backyard and asked if I wanted to go watch a show about lizard people. We went inside and watched the original V miniseries, and I was always grateful that he saved me from the spooky voice in the backyard. It was May 1st, 1983, at 8 p.m. It would take me 30 years and having my own son before I connected the dots and realized we're all little reboots of our parents, and it was my dad calling my name that day. (laughs) I'd love to hear if any of the shock monkeys... Have geeky things you did that exact moment memories. Bahalo 
from Stoic John. I know he's throwing that out to shock monkeys, but uh, I want to throw it to the panel here. Do you have any specific memories growing up that you can pinpoint to the time because it happened at a certain pop culture event that can be quantified? I do not. I'm sorry. Ooh, that's a rough one. It's not a common thing. Yeah, I uh, thought I had one, but I, I missed the uh, the moment thing. I, I, it's a year for me. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think mean, I, they think it needs to be more quantified. Than that. Well, that, I mean, I mean, I, I have to go to a geeky moment to remember the year. That's 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 the thing for me. Okay, this, well, uh, this, right? we'll let it pass. Go ahead. So, 1991, I got dumped by the woman I thought I was going to marry. Uh, I learned how and uh, became a professional character artist. I moved to Nevada. I met the woman I did eventually get married and later divorced to. And that's 1991. And I, when that comes up, I have to remember when Terminator 2 came out. Because one of my coworkers at the caricature booth took the morning off to go see an early showing of Terminator 2. While we sat there and listened to the same 40-minute loop of music over and over and didn't draw anybody because there was nobody in the, par- in the park. And he came back. And Puff the Magic Dragon came on, and he turned to us and said, you know, the Terminator's a little like Puff. So that's how I remember all that happened in 1991. I have to go look up 19. I have to look up Terminator 2. <laughs> that was a horrible story. <laughs> but I you're appreciate it. You're, you're a horrible Jesus person. <laughs> that was a horrible story. But I don't have anything either. I can't, I can't remember anything. <laughs> You barely remember what I did yesterday. We've done. I think all of us have done like lots of geeky shit when when pivotal things have happened in our lives, but not anything. I can't think of anything that has happened with a with a timestamp on it. You know. So it's just me and Stoic John that have that timestamp to that exact moment of television. Yeah. 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 I mean, wow. I mean, place. I mean, I, I occasionally drive by the. Where I wa- where I read uh, X Men one thirty seven, and I said, "Well, remember, you know, as I drive by, oh yeah, that's where I read X Men one thirty seven under that bridge." I remember yeah. first watching like Star Trek Next Gen. My parents let me stay awake long enough so I could actually watch an episode because it was past my bedtime. You know. Well, that's that's one you could you could fun hunt that down at that time. You could actually you could absolutely pinpoint it to that moment. But uh, you know what? Maybe we'll come back to this one if you got something. If not, we'll let it pass. But we'll, we'll pass it on because this email is not just for us, but it's for the Shock Monkeys. If you can pinpoint a memory in your life to a moment because the Internet tells you when that moment happened. Because you can uh, connect it, in this case, to May 1st, the first showing of V, the miniseries. The one thing that I could actually state that on was something that was deliberately weird and that was the uh, I forget how they refer to it but it happened in Chicago where it is believed a disgruntled television employee broke into a uh, local television signal and did that Max Headroom thing the guy wore a Max Headroom face mask you saw that yeah, I actually saw that when it happened. I was with my wow. best friend. We were in the, her dorm room, and we were just watching TV, and we were channel hopping, and we channel hopped right into that. And we were like, <laughs> "Just what in the sweet Jesus is this? I mean, we saw the whole 
when he dropped his pants and was getting spanked with the paddle and <laughs> wow, all of that. We we were just sitting there like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> so you're the only person I've ever met that ever witnessed that happen in real time. Yeah, yeah, watched it when it happened in real time. Wow, that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, I remember where I was with the very first episode of Small uh, South Park when South Park first aired. I was in college, like just I was 18 when that happened, and we were at a friend's apartment. We we're getting ready for a party. And they were like, let's watch South Park. We're like, what the hell is South Park? They're like, oh, it's fine. You'll love it. And wasn't really super enthusiastic about it. <laughs> but I remember where I was when I watched the first episode of it. And now it's been on how many years? Like 20-something? You know, Deb, you're, you're saying that. And I think that brings up the point because a lot of people now, with it, this is a television thing, right? Because mm-hmm. I can talk about when I saw South Park, the movie... Because I was with uh, Paul and a few other space monkeys in Cincinnati for a Star Trek Earth tour slash Star Trek The Experience promotional thing. So I was in Cincinnati with the, with the guys at the King's Island when we all went to see it. But that was a movie. Television is much more specific. And you think about it now, uh, television's no longer that specific. That's true. Yeah. I mean, How are you going to tie a moment in time to the first episode of WandaVision if you didn't watch it right when it dropped? That's a good point. And plus, right when it drops, like, it's just, it's now available. So you could watch it any time that day. Exactly. You have to be at TV. Yeah, exactly. So, and and movies... Like like Andy was pointing out, movies, you know, it's more general. It's more, it's more open. Because uh, it what was now what was interesting is while Andy was talking about 1991 and Terminator 2, I remembered where I was when I saw Terminator 2 in the theater because that was in Allentown, Pennsylvania, when I was working with a friend opening up his subway shop. Been all over the place. Yeah, that would be more interesting and useful. Well, useful. I I don't I don't mean that. Yeah, but it'd be interesting. <laughs> You know, it'd be interesting in that, okay, blank movie came out, it premiered, where were you, what were you doing, who were you with, whatever. Right, and you'd have to see it on that premiere date. You'd have to know that you saw it on the day of its, to attach it to something that that specific. Well, the first run, you know, like T2, the first run of T2 in the theaters in 1991. Or like, you know, when Star Wars came back out. With sure. episode one, I remember because oh yeah, holy crap! Oh, like God. we kept we kept out. We literally, a friend of mine, we camped out in a tent on a sidewalk to get tickets. And then the day of the show, we were there for like twelve hours waiting in line so that we could get those prime seats in the theater. Right. I remember, oh, I remember Barry. One. Yeah, Barry holding the a place in line for a bunch of us, and and Chad Randall and I got a hotel room right there in the Orleans. Nay, nay, sir, you are thinking about two. For one, episode one, I did not hold a place in line for you. I was there, but we didn't go together. I went with another crew with Uncle Tim and his ex-wife and, and a bunch of other people like Liz from the bar. And I got highs. Fuck. And <laughs> I 
loved episode. Like I was like on the floor. I had taken something and good God. But um like the the opening crawl came on. And I'm like, this is the greatest movie ever. And I'm like in the front row, hanging on to the bars for dear life. For if I let go of them, I would have floated into this into space. And uh, then I saw it again and realized, oh, that's just the drugs. Yeah. I think what we're figuring out from this whole conversation is that Todd's experience and and the shock monkey's experience is pretty rare and it's a special thing. And I want to hear what the shock monkeys find. Now that you bring it up, I now have officially a second one. Uh, I saw the band Dog Star on May 19th, 1999 at 8 p.m. Yes. Huh. It's what kind of band? Uh, Keanu Reeves rock band that he had for a little while in the late 90s called Dog Star. They weren't very good. It wasn't a good show. But the girl I was dating at the time was a big Keanu Reeves fan. And it was at Sunset Station here in Las Vegas. And so we went to see Dog Star. We would usually, after seeing a show, try to get to some backstage door of some sort to try to catch the person for an autograph or just to say hi. So after the Dog Star was done, we went to the side of the theater in the casino where we knew where the, the exit and entrance was for the performers and waited and said, maybe we can meet Keanu Reeves. And he came out. And was being rushed quickly. It was like, oh, shoot, he's going somewhere. And we followed him all the way to the movie theater because that night was the premiere of Phantom Menace. And because I saw Dog Star, I got to see Phantom Menace that night because my girlfriend at the time wanted to go see a movie that Keanu Reeves was watching at the same time. Oh <laughs> you were in the same theater as Keanu Reeves? Yes, yes, we were. He was in a special room in the back, which was a, had like this blacked out kind of mirror kind of thing in the back. Sure. It was a celebrity box for movies that they have there. And so she kept looking back to see if she could look in there and see him. But uh, we knew he was back there. I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention. It's Star Wars. I got to see it on opening day. By accident. It's great. So that brings up a whole other line of questioning. Who do you think the most famous person you were sitting in the theater with was watching a movie? For me, it's it's the whole cast of friggin' uh, the terrible um, uh, League of, League, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I, I, I watched a movie with Sean Connery, apparently. What? Yeah. They had the yeah. premiere here at the Venetian, because the whole Venetian sequence in the... Uh, and then they were all him. up. They were all up in a balcony. I couldn't see them. I just knew they were there, according to the press you release. Just saw, you just saw an elderly gentleman slapping around a woman? And you're like, Sean Connery, there he is. <laughs> and jumping from train to train. It was pretty impressive. Oh, yes, okay. So, I don't think I've ever seen a movie with a famous person, but I worked at Disneyland, so I saw them on a regular basis. So. Sure. I saw a movie with Commander K. That's pretty mm-hmm. famous. Yeah. Yeah, Commander K is okay, but man, the ladies love Castran. Whew, man. Yeah, <laughs> Commander K is garbage next to Castran. <laughs> we we got to move on. Thank you, Stoic John, for writing. It's time for news you don't give a shit about. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah. That one kind of sounded like he was getting killed at the end. <laughs> Kirsten, your uh, November 22nd, 1987 is the uh, Max Headroom incident. Yeah. Yep. Here you go. News you don't give a shit about. 
EA Games reportedly has patented a dynamic difficulty adjustment system that, according to IGN, can scan metadata not only of the game you're playing, but games you've played in the past, all to massage a game's difficulty in order to make sure you stay engaged. Similar in-game systems already are in games, like uh, Resident Evil 4 and Left 4 Dead. But apparently, unlike those games, EA's focus is on more than just getting a player through a temporary tough spot. Instead, the larger goal is to keep players' eyes on the game for as long as possible, and better to get the most out of the time that developers spent making it. Quote, Software developers typically desire for their software to engage users for as long as possible, the filing states, continuing, the longer a user is engaged with the software, the more likely that the software will be successful, unquote. Though the patent filing doesn't directly identify a future game title where this kind of difficulty adjusting tech might be used, it does note that there are ways to make what the game is doing either recognizable or completely unknown to the player. Well, you see, what takes me out of my EA immersion when I'm playing one of their games, when the massive loot box falls down in front of me and then I got to add my credit card right there. So, you know, they got to work on that, too. I, I always have a problem when they patent nebulous ideas for video games. Because yeah. what usually happens is they don't do anything with it, and then no one else can do anything with it either, and innovation in that regard stops. Uh, for example, the we brought it up before, the whole Galaga thing and Ridge Racer. Uh, Namco patented playing games while loading screens are going. And that only fell away uh, about a year ago, I think. And uh, the first instance I've seen of that since is in the game I've been playing, Phoenix Rising, Immortals Phoenix Rising, where you can catch some gems as you're flying between load screens, creating a playable load screen, that wasn't allowed to happen because Namco wouldn't allow it to happen for decades. Seeing EA do this nebulous, uh, we are adjusting dynamic difficulty according to what a player's skill is, and based on other games they've played as well, that's pretty goddamn nebulous. So I, I hate it. I hate it so much. So... There's sometimes if you're playing video games, no matter if you are good at them, that you just want to get to the next level. So, like, I don't want this level to be so hard that I have to play it five times just to be able to get past it to get to the better content, like the storyline, right? You're finding a big bad, you just want to get to the story. I don't, I don't like the concept of an adjustable, like, difficulty level within a game. That seems... Well, it sounds like it could work in your favor. It sounds like if yeah. it was really too hard for you, it would it would nerf it for you. Maybe after to... you've played it a few times, but it sounds like they're going to make the levels, the difficulty based on how you've done. So if certain levels are easier for you because it's just point them, shoot them, kill them, etc., then you get to a harder level. They'll probably test it out. I don't know. It just why can't you just keep the same hardest difficulty the whole time? Like, to me, it feels, it feels like bullshit. It feels like, okay, we're going to adjust this to your difficulty level for the other reason, because you burn through games 
and uh, we want a game to be harder so that you have a certain amount of time invested in it. So you go to the internet afterward and say, yeah, this game was a was really a 40 hour game and it was it, it was difficult just enough just enough difficulty to keep me interested yes you should buy this game whereas i'm of the mind that i like the way old school games played and this is you know old man yelling at kids on the lawn but the game games that are difficult where it took me like 20 tries to get through a certain level there's a sense of 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 accomplishment in that that's being taken away by a game adjusting its difficulty based on how I'm sucking at it. You know what? Let me learn. How does that affect, you know, like, uh, people that can't get through a level and have their friend come over and play the level for them? Because, like, I, I know I still have to go over and help Doug Citizen with the, uh, the Halo. Kirsten, the episode, the, uh, the part of the Halo where you're running through endless weaving... Oh, God, how do you, how do you describe it? It's, it's like a major flood level where you're running through these, these, these tunnels made of worms he can't get through that i'm like fuck we got through that pretty quick okay and i come over and take that out in like five minutes i'm not against the larger idea of dynamic difficulty uh I, I would like it to be something that i'm in control of versus the company like can i turn on dynamic difficulty or not yeah. i would like that option uh, what i don't like is someone saying dynamic difficulty now belongs to us that's what I don't like. All, all your dynamic difficulty are belong to us. Well, yeah, EA, I don't apparently. want the game to be able to say, you know what? You need fucktard difficulty. Let me turn this switch on for you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't want that. That's disheartening. I don't want sure. that. And I get that different people want different things from video games. Some people, th there are settings in video games that turn the difficulty completely off. So you just enjoy the story and everything is just, there. there's, the game itself is not the challenge. You're doing it to have the game experience in general. That's yeah. like an ultra easy category. But I like to have that choice. That Like the non-porn version of Pirates. What? Oh, what? This this is some old school geek shock shit. Yeah. The first the first pirates film. There's a non-porn like you can choose it in the menu when you go into the DVD. There's a watch the movie without the porn scene, and you can watch the movie. What, what pirate about? movie are we talking about with porn? Oh, okay, in it? okay, Andy. Ten years ago, <laughs> there I think it was Vivid Pictures released this gigantic budgeted pirate film 13 that, years ago thank you that was also a porn film but they spent so much money on the budget that they thought that they had enough of a movie that you didn't need the sex scenes so they gave you that option if you got it okay has anybody and, watched this without the porn scenes yes we actually yes. i think one of our pirate parties we had it on in the background but yeah. was it was it was it actually watchable no no <laughs> <laughs> oh god but the idea of andy sitting there for about three minutes trying to figure out which pirates of the caribbean movie had porn <laughs> in it <laughs> just being really rattled and oh, dismayed. Oh, oh, def definitely stranger tides because they fucked that one up Oh, or, you, yeah. or you see Evan Stone saying, I'm the best pirate hunter. Pirate hunter. <laughs> and you're like, which pirate film is this? <laughs> I was thinking it was the uh, Gina Davis one. 
Oh, God. Cutthroat <laughs> Island. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> the one that fucked up Treasure Island. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that wasn't Cutthroat Island. That was Deep Throat Island. <laughs> <laughs> honk, honk. That was terrible. I do agree. I don't like the idea of them owning like the code for the the potential of this. There sounds like there's better. There's there's a greater potential for that code than what they're using it for. It's just like Warner Brothers. They recently patented their Nemesis system, which allows for the game's NPC characters to remember what the player character did and use that later on in the game. They patented that about uh, six months ago. It's fine if you're patented, patenting a, an actual thing, but a nebulous idea in a game, I, I, it's just a bad, bad move. I don't understand how they get away with that, because isn't a patent supposed to lay out the procedure and the the whole the nuts and bolts of what whatever it is it's doing. Well, well Al- Albert Einstein code. is not in the patent office anymore, so that's gotten a little wild. They're patenting, yeah. the like the logic and the science in the math that is built into the game. That is what they're patenting. That's just it. They're not. They're just putting forth this whole nebulous idea and, and submitting it to the patent office and getting a stamp for it. They're not having to submit code in any of this. They are patenting ideas. Well, we'll ask Aaron, because our friend Aaron is also a patent lawyer. So we ah. will ask her. Please do. Yes. Aaron, the cheaty magoo in the game system? She's not a che- She didn't cheat. <laughs> Alhambra she Aaron herself? She gamed the system that day. She did not cheat. She's not a cheater. Poor Aaron. <laughs> So she finds out she's known as Cheaty Aaron. She's <laughs> no, not, she's because out. she listens. She listens as soon as you guys post these. So. Yeah, well, now she's cheating for goo, so yeah. what's up? She's going to refuse to explain to us now. <laughs> but yeah, Aaron. That's Alhambra Aaron to you. That's right. I yeah, like she- Alhambra Aaron better. If, uh, how are they getting away with this crap? Because it, it really does it, it does sound like a line of bullshit. Some of this pro-corporate crap that the government is just uh, letting letting them get away with nowadays, which it doesn't sound like they should. Are you saying the government's doing something they shouldn't? Wow. There's news. News you don't give a shit about. Peeps. The Easter marshmallows shaped like bunnies and chicks are Disgusting. getting their own movie. What? What? <laughs> no! It's bad enough to get thrown soda. I know. Jesus. Gross. Wonder Street has bought the film and television rights for Peeps and plans to make an animated feature based on the candy. The I project... wanted some marshmallows, but I just wish they were gritty. They're Ugh. just gritty, overly <laughs> sugary marshmallows. How does that get a movie and Andy has not had a movie? <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> Release the Andy cut. Release the Andy cut. Oh, God. <laughs> he does have an animated series. It's called Inspector Gadget. That's Andy right there. What? Uh, crickets? What the hell? Yeah. Total crickets. <laughs> I know. Wait, hold on, guys. That's funny in Canada. Oh. oh. Yeah, they spell funny with a PH in Canada. <laughs> I can see Matt glaring at me, and I don't see the camera. <laughs> You and Andy. He's glaring at both of you, okay? And he's allowed. 
I thought an Andy Peeps movie would be with a hairy marshmallow. Oh, 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 oh gee, God. thanks, Kay. And I'm envisioning a pubic hair. Ugh. Oh, God, God, no. <laughs> Where did you go with that? <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Take it to the next level. Woo! Thank you, Clarence Thomas. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Andy's pubic hair. God, ugh. Go, go. <laughs> you got to pay extra for that. It's got no. that same no, white don't. stripe like he has in his beard. Well, like, yeah. like stripe from Gremlins <laughs> 2. <laughs> the project is billed as being, quote, in the spirit of Trolls meets Smurfs and will. <laughs> And we'll, quote, follow a ragtag group of peeps characters <laughs> set on a... <laughs> Say it Who's... again, motherfucker. Say oh, no, again. What? Say ragtag group of peeps again. I fucking dare you. <laughs> <laughs> Who set on a cross-country journey in order to attend Peeps Fest, an annual brand celebration in Pennsylvania, unquote. Is that like Blarcon? Anyway, go on. David Goldblum is writing the script for the movie and is also executive producing. Before their peeps endeavor, Wonder Street was best known for the Maritanian, the award-nominated thriller where Jodie Foster plays a lawyer who attempts to defend one of the men accused of facilitating the World Trade Center attacks. So they oh, went how from... how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> what the... <laughs> what? <laughs> how do those two measure up? I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeVille. Can we do a movie about nerds? The candy, not the nerds. <laughs> there are few stories more emblematic of news you don't give a shit about than this one. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> wow, that is absolutely true. I thought the emoji movie was bad, but wow. Right. Now, uh, one of the, mo the movie's most ardent defender, Jeff, who absolutely adores Peeps, I I'm sad we don't have his opinion on this one. Because I think he'd love it. I think he'd, he'd be first in line. So much so that when the Peeps movie comes out, I think that Jeff will be able to tell us the exact day and date to the time, much like we discussed earlier. I have friends who like Peeps. I have relatives who like uh, Charleston Chews. Uh, I mean, there's just... My, my brother doesn't like chocolate. There's just people that are wrong. You, you, you can't stop people. loving them. But, God. Peeps but, and hey, Charleston Chews are two separate creatures. Hey, Bristol doesn't like kids. eggs. Okay, that's yeah. not the same yeah. thing. But yeah, but that marks him as an alien. Some mm. something wrong with him. Okay, and my best friend doesn't, doesn't like beans, and she loves Mexican food. It doesn't make any sense. But no, that's wrong. That's crazy. Hey, Andy, he can yeah. find women who like hairy marshmallows. So <laughs> <laughs> there's something out there for everybody. Yeah, I got, I got a term. What can I say? <laughs> Thought sure. sounds a lot like trolls, like trolls the movie. Yeah. Oh, has we're talking about the movie. Okay. Actually, has anyone here actually <laughs> purchased a peep? I have. Uh, it's not in a, a long time. time. Yeah. Yeah, a long time. I've eaten one if one has been presented to me. Like, okay, fine, I'll eat a peep, but I can only eat one because it's like, wow, that was gross. I don't want to eat that anymore. But I've never actually physically purchased a peep. I didn't. <laughs> Who eats those? Jeff. Jeff. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll oh, give Jeff a minute up. to defend himself. 
I will call out uh, uh, well, shock monkey David Beach, who will vehemently uh, defend peeps. I've stopped attacking on them because I've got better things to attack them on. But there are people who just love peeps. True. Are there enough to fuel a movie? No. Uh, absolutely not. Nope. Those are the same people that like candy corn. I like candy corn. Yeah. I like candy corn for about three weeks. Yeah. Mm. It's a sometimes food. Yes, sometimes food. <laughs> Whereas peeps are gross all along. Yes, they are. Gr- gritty marshmallows. That's it. That's all I have to say. Gritty marshmallows. Okay. Yeah. You couldn't the even cre- fix them by making them <laughs> some more. If you tried to make a s'more peep, it would just make a gritty s'more. Nobody wants okay. gritty s'more. It's called Can s'more. we talk about your pronunciation <laughs> yeah, of the yeah. word s'more? Oh, oh, don't worry. That's not the only one. Hey, why don't you why don't you bury that joke, you fucking god? It's very <laughs> It's very It's fucking very very not very rob or bury Barry. <laughs> But but yeah, a shamor, yeah, a shamor would taste bad with the peep. Yes. Excuse me. Oh, sorry. There's no H in shmor. Shmor. Shmors are the kosher version, right? He didn't say shmor. He said said shmor. Shmor. What did you say? Thank you, Debbie. Some more. See, s'mores are the ones instead of graham crackers with monsters. <laughs> yes, call Deborah. Back to, call yes. back to a joke you weren't here for, Deb. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm still dumbstruck by Debbie. Yeah. <laughs> so there's only there's only two groups of people that call me that. You either knew me before, well, you knew me high school or younger, or you knew me when I worked at Disney. That is it. Otherwise, you cannot call me that. I, I wouldn't call you that in, for real. It was, it was I know. In jest. I know. Those you don't give a shit about Twisted Pictures is an active development on a 10th Saw movie. The title Jesus. of the film is Saw X with Twisted co-founders Oren Cools and Mark Berg once again producing. There are no details on what the plot of the film will be. Uh, franchise creators James Wan and Lee Wanell are also attached as producers on the project. Uh, Chris Rock stars in the upcoming film alongside with Samuel L. Jackson and Max McNella, who will play Detective... Whoa, 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 whoa. Chris Rock yeah. is in a Saw movie? Yeah, we announced it on Geek Shock about a year ago. This I, smells I, like I a think, jump I, shark to me. I, I think I, uh, I think I may have uh, erased my memory of that. That sounds terrible. That's, that's, that's terrible for him. Chris, no, Chris Rock was huge in getting this done. This, this upcoming Saw movie was called Spiral, the Book of Saw. If I remember right, was Chris Rock's idea. This is his baby, this ninth Saw movie coming up. When I say coming up, I think it's coming up at the end of May. I was kind of joking about having wiped my memory, but I have no memory of that, and I should. Holy shit. Yeah, he stars in it. Samuel Jackson's in it. Uh, They play detectives investigating a string of murders by a killer who's targeting cops. And the detectives find themselves in, quote, the center of the killer's morbid game, unquote. So uh, Spiral from the Book of Saw will be released on May 14th. So a month away. Holy crap. I've already started seeing previews for it. But you know what? Because 
because this is Chris Rock's baby, and he's coming at it with a, a according to our original announcement, a, a kind of an original take on it. I'm curious to see how this is. Just just because it is Chris Rock. I love Chris Rock. I love his comedy. I love his, him as an actor. But this seems like such a non-Chris Rock thing. And if he's excited about it, I'm curious. All right. Yeah, why not? Uh, but they uh, already think that it's going to be so good that the next one has already begun development. Crazy. And that brings us to Weekend Geek. Yay! Paramount Pictures confirmed Friday that a brand new Star Trek film will hit theaters on June 8, 2023. While the project is currently untitled and plot details are non-existent, the movie currently being written by Walking Dead alum Kalina Vesquez. Until last summer, the studio was said to be developing several films set within the universe, including pitches from Noah Hawley and Quentin Tarantino. Uh, right now, it's unclear if Vasquez's screenplay will continue J.J. Abrams' rebooted canon or go in a different direction. Uh, but in any case, Abrams' production company, Bad Robot, is attached to produce this picture as well. I'm excited that there's a new Trek movie. I kind of hope it's a new thing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously first. optimistic about this film. For the same reason that I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about Marvel films. Marvel, at least, will always have stuff in the same universe, so you know it's consistent. With Star Trek, if it's part of the Abrams universe, do we tie it to all the good stuff that's been going on on CBS All Access? I don't know. I sure hope so, because otherwise it's just confusing to... It's fan fiction. Super. Yeah. Is it fan fiction or not? I don't know. It, it, that's why I don't like DC, because it's all disjointed and, and not tied together. It doesn't make any sense. Well, the TV is tied together and the movies are separate. But yeah, no, I agree. Like, they're going to do a new Trek with all the Trek they have on TV again. They need to com- They need to at least make it, it jive with the story of the world. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll go much better now that Kathleen Kennedy's been fired. So, <laughs> oh, shut up! <laughs> yeah, Ray, you're right. You're right. Oh, no, 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 they're back. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> Beam her up, Scotty. Get her out of here to the moon. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I agree with you, uh, Barry. It better not be the Calvin universe. I'm tired of that universe. Yeah. The Calvin universe, it's... but the Hobbes universe. Calvin, Calvin, That's what we need some more of. <laughs> <laughs> Release the Hobbes cut. <laughs> hey, I'd like to see that movie. God, your okay. lives are just a series of mispronunciations, aren't they? <laughs> I can't, I can't speak to that. Yeah, not at all. Well, it's like all the people here that say Nevada. Like, oh my Nevada. God! Yep. Who did that? Somebody did that recently. Yeah. Yeah, a lot but, of yeah. people. So, you know, <laughs> so the first that time Barry girl used to say that on CSI all the time, and I would throw shit at the TV every time I saw it. The first oh. time Barry oh. went with me to va- to uh, 
England to visit my sister, actually. Do you remember this, Barry? No. There was a, we were in her flat, and there was a commercial on TV to visit Las Vegas, and they said it in that commercial, a tourism commercial in England, Nevada. <laughs> we both yelled for TV. We're like, what the fuck? Are you sure that wasn't just the British lilt of Nevada? Oh, no. No. Nope. It's Nevada, people. And anyone who says otherwise is just wrong. And by Nevada state law, you're allowed to beat them. Yeah. It's or, true. Or, or bury them. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Or wash. Or wash them. Wash them. Wash their mouth out with soap. Chairman of Disney Parks Experiences and Products, Chairman Josh DeMauro, gave a preview for a fully working retractable lightsaber slated for Disney Parks. The demonstration took place during the special look inside Disney Parks press conference, which saw DeMauro reportedly take out the lightsaber emitter from a small box, activate it, much like in the movies, causing a quote-unquote blade to rise up from it, not unlike in the Star Wars movies. He also then stated, it's real. Disney has not released any photos or video of this new lightsaber model yet or announced whether it will be available for purchase to the wider public. The company filed a patent back in 2017 for a, quote, sword device with retractable intermittently illuminated blade, unquote. It's not clear if this is a working prototype of that same device. I'm guessing we'll see more of this uh, on May 4th when they do their Star Wars event. Did yeah. this press release come out like a, a week or so ago and say beginning of April? Maybe the first? No, but, no, dude, it's not terrible. an April 1st joke. It's not. It's for real because I've been seeing it since and they've shown like patent stuff, but I can't get a feel for it without actually seeing the prototype working. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to wait patiently for May the 4th and I guarantee you someone's just going to get up on stage and just say, "Hey guys, guess what we got?" and then show this lightsaber and I'm just going to jizz in my fucking pants. It's going to be great. And I'm going to say, "Give me all my money." Take I mean, take all my money and take, <laughs> take my money. Take my blood. I want this thing in my house. And everyone's going to do that, and no one's going to get it, because Disney's going to hoard it for a while. And then they'll release it. And I bet it. it's a balloon with a light. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. the plastic, you know, the plastic sword that you do this, and it extends. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. You know, I was like, hey, no bullshit, guys. Seriously, no bullshit. In, nine, in 2000, and no, I want to say six or seven... I was at Comic-Con, and I was with the 501st at the time, and I was guarding Steve Sansweet, and we went to, like, a toy uh, thing, and I was in, it was a full full in the garb, and as a stormtrooper, just guarding him on stage, and they had a, a lightsaber there, that it was like a toy lightsaber, you know, like, like kids have, but you, you turned the thing on, and it did the thing, the sound, because that's, that's easy, you know, but the blade extended. Okay, and it was fucking awesome, and I have yet to see that in stores. Um, but it wasn't like it, it wasn't like a like a like a slim, super slim. But it was it was more like the the conical retractable, like, like little bits. Each one, each one getting smaller. I don't know how to describe it. Telescoping. Thank you, Kirsten. Yeah. Um, it was more like that, but thin. 
they were working on it then. I can yeah. God only knows what they have now. That well, was before, like, the patent was only 100% Disney. Like, only Disney could make them. Well, that was before Disney had a whole... That's a, that's a hell of a point, actually. I mean, if, if you think about it, I know that it, it the it's not necessarily functional, but have you seen uh, those ads for, like, the collapsible staff? Yeah. yeah. You know, so if you just, if you get the right plastic... Crap. You know, yeah, but that's crap. Well, yeah. I don't think this. Well, is this going to be a lightsaber you can spar with? I doubt it. No, 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 no. It's not going to be. It's not going to be sparable. But at least it'll be showable. And to be showable, to to have the thing light up from the bottom up to do that that effect, it's got to have LEDs, and it has LEDs. It. I I just don't. I just don't know how it would work. I need to see it. And I'll be happy, and I'll buy one. I'll be the first one in line. Then Barry will be glad to give himself his own money. You know what I meant, you fuck you. I was all excited. Give me money. Just, just give it to me. Deb, give me my money. I want to spend it. Star Wars. Hey, you guys can play. You guys can laugh. Let me tell you, that saves me a lot of money when Deb's around to say no. Don't, don't. Don't 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 buy that. You don't need that. You don't need that submarine. Yeah, I got one of those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did lose somebody this week. We lost Mark Elliott. Uh, you don't know his name. You don't know his face, but you know his voice. He's a veteran voiceover actor that worked for Disney for ages. He did the Disney trailers and promotions. Starting in 1977, he has died at the age of 81. He worked at various radio stations before moving to Los Angeles in 1970. And in 77, he moved into the voiceover business, where one of his first gigs was voicing the original radio spots for Star Wars. Later that year, he got his first job with Disney, voicing the trailer for the re-release of the 1950 film Cinderella. And from there, Elliot went on to become the definitive voice for Disney promos, voicing trailers and commercials from the late 70s to the early 2000s for such films as Little Mermaid, Hunchback of Notre Dame, The uh, Lion King, Tarzan, among others, many others. So he was Disney's inner world guy? Yeah, so to speak. Okay, all right. He also narrated the Magical World of Disney anthology series, as well as trailers for a number of Muppet movies. And, of course, listeners of a certain age will also recognize his voice for those. And now, our feature presentation. Announcements uh, on VHS tapes. Oh, that guy. Oh. Yeah. oh. So, so, Mr. Elliot, we honor you. Except for Matt. He doesn't. <laughs> what? <laughs> he is the angriest kid. He's even more angry than You doing it? But you call me. Well, okay, whatever. Fuck this. Fuck this. <laughs> Fuck this show. <laughs> Yeah, with a puppy, you should be happier. (laughs) That is true. It should. Meg should relieve stress and make you feel happy. Listen, Debbie, she's asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but I bet she's cute as hell sleeping right now. Netflix and Sony Pictures Entertainment have signed a multi-year exclusive first-pay window licensing deal in the United States. That will grant the international streaming giant the first pay window rights to stream Sony Pictures titles when their theatrical and home entertainment runs close. 
Under this deal, Netflix will be able to stream all of the titles of Sony Pictures' 2022 film slate, including the Jared Leto starring Morbius, the Tom Holland-led Uncharted, and the sequel to the Academy Award-winning Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It will also give Netflix rights to all future Jumanji sequels and access to all future Spider-Man films, as Sony still holds the film rights to that character, as well as several others within the larger universe. That said, neither Venom Let There Be Carnage and Spider-Man No Way Home will be included as they're both set to be released in 2021. However, future movies in both franchises will be covered going forward. This new agreement builds on pre-existing deals that Netflix had signed with Sony Pictures Animation back in 2014, while also giving Netflix access to a wider library of films. Not only will the streaming company be able to choose which titles it wants to license the rights from Sony and Columbia Pictures' wider film catalog, but Netflix will also get a first look at any movies Sony Motion Pictures Group will be producing either directly for streaming or for eventual streaming should they decide to license it later. Netflix is also committed to financing a number of those Sony titles. So that's quite the partnership, Sony and Netflix. I thought Mm. Morbius was supposed to come out last year, and they pushed it to this year. They pushed it to 2022? There's there's been so much pushing that uh, who knows where the origins of the pushings are anymore. I don't know how much of it they filmed as of this point, so it's hard to say even. I don't know how far the production was when the pandemic hit. I just I remember seeing like a full blown trailer for that film in 2020, like early 2020. Like mm. enough of a trailer, you would think that they would have the majority of the film filmed. Well, it sounds like it if there's enough to cut together for a teaser. Yeah, the, did, the trailer did, I remember was like two, at least two minutes. So okay, I so it it featured Leto and everything, so that uh, they've obviously filmed things. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Everything's been thrown into chaos because of the COVID situation. So I just, I just assume all movies are coming out next year. Right. <laughs> but it's uh, interesting but, that they beat out Amazon for the rights for all the Sony films. Yeah. Mm. And, and not only that, but because they officially hold the license for Spider-Man that I'm sure they'll have special licensing agreement with Disney to put those films on Disney Plus, but they'll also probably be on Netflix. That's mm. is there, that's is really there a word for that now? Do we, have, do we have a word for crossover movies that are on multiple streaming services? I mean, it's not the first time. There's quite a few movies that are on both Netflix and Amazon Prime. I bet the Germans have a word for it. They probably Schlockenflocker. Okay, good. Yeah, I think that was it. You just spot on. Schreitzkopf. It's Schreitzkopf. Thank you. You're welcome. I know what that means, asshole. It means shithead for all of us. I know what it means. <laughs> WIP. That's W-I-I-P. The studio set up by former ABC head Paul Lee has optioned the rights to Robert Ikes and Duncan McMillan's 2013 stage adaptation of 1984 to transform it into a television series. Wait, wait, there was way too many numbers going there. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. So, so, yeah, let me back it up a little bit. ABC has bought the stage adaptation of the book 1984 to turn into a television series. Not, 80, not the book. The stage play. The stage play. Yes. Is there going to be singing 
Ike McMillan and Lee will also executive produce alongside Whip's David Flynn with the goal of adapting the stage show into a five-part limited series on a to-be-determined network or platform. Quote, rats on my head. I got rats on my head. <laughs> As the world grapples with democracy and government in our divided age of surveillance, fake news, and truth decay, the urgency of Orwell's masterpiece is undeniable, the producer said. Continuing... The small screen feels like a natural home for his portrait of society in which people trust their screens more than the world outside their windows, unquote. Uh, I love Big Brother. You love me, brother. We all love Big Brother. 1984. It's going to be a musical, isn't it? (laughs) I don't believe it is. I think it was an actual just stage show. Thank you. A play. 1984 follows Winston Smith, the low-level worker in a grim imagined future surveillance state where propaganda rules and free thought is increasingly restrained. Though he's a cog in the machine of this dark, state-controlled world, he also dreams of escape from it and rebellion against it, something helped along by his budding forbidden romance with a co-worker. The novel is one of the most influential and acclaimed sci-fi works of all time. It remains a staple of the dystopian genre. Ike and McMillan's stage show has enjoyed successful runs on Broadway and in London's West End, where it gained particular notoriety for the brutality of its torture scenes, which caused audience members to faint and leave the theater. <laughs> Olsen okay. buries in. Olsen buries on this. He's... Yeah, I'm, I'm down. Yeah. Faint and leave the theater? Down. Is this Spider-Man turn off the dark, the, 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 the bad version? Yeah, I'm down. No, it's it Saw 11, apparently. Saw <laughs> right. the musical. I'm going to cut off your arm. I'm going to cut off your arm. Hey, he's going to cut off my arm. Fair. To go back to what Todd said, stage play does not mean musical. There's a difference between a stage show and musical theater. Okay? Is there? Really? There is. I I wasn't aware. For those of us who enjoy the theater. I wasn't doing that for the funny or anything. (laughs) No, I I, I could tell. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Here it is. Wow, when Andy can tell. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> shut up and drink my wine. All right. <laughs> Mystery Science Theater 3000 has a large fan base, to say the least. Fans helped Mystery Science Theater revive a pair of new seasons at Netflix due to a crowdfunding campaign in 2015. Mystery Science Theater creator Joel Hodgson thinks he's struck a winning formula, not only for bringing the series back, but for making sure it never again has to go searching for a streaming or network home. In a just-launched Kickstarter campaign, Hodgson is appealing to fans to fund a fresh round of episodes and to help create what he's calling the Gizmoplex, an online streaming platform created exclusively to feature Mystery Science Theater content. In a bullet point explanation to fans, Hodgson lays out the rationale for bootstrapping Mystery Science Theater under its new platform independent model. Quote, if enough of you want more MST3K, maybe we don't need anyone to renew us, he reasons. Continuing, from now on, we want you to decide how long MST3K keeps going. We don't need a network to let us make more MST3K. We can make it for you, unquote. While the campaign aims to raise enough money to fund a new season, what's really key to the whole plan is this Gizmoplex, an online theater for live screenings and monthly special events, according to the crowdfunding page. 
Setting up a home base that delivers new episodes directly to fans it would also help engage the fan community through frequent live screenings, premieres, community events that even include fan-hosted Mystery Science Theater watch parties with friends whenever you want, unquote. The $2 million base goal would allow for three new episodes of Mystery Science Theater and the creation of the Gizmoplex Virtual Theater, but things grow way more ambitious in the stretch. At the highest goal of $5.5 million, the series pledges 12 new full-size episodes as well as 12 additional shorts. Hodgson even teases bigger ideas should the fan response go over the top, including Mystery Science Theater's first-ever 3D movie as well as bringing virtual reality to the Gizmoplex viewing experience. The campaign has already raised more than $2.5 million. Would a 3D movie have the uh, the the robots and Joel or whoever the host is in 3D too? Because that'd be cool. I would assume, but ooh, I, I I don't know. I'm a mystery science theater fan going way back, but I don't know if I'd pay for a mystery science theater streaming service. It'll get bundled with stuff. It'll get bundled in with your car insurance. When you get uh, Hulu, you'll get also the mystery science theater or okay. something like that. I, I hope so, because I, I, I could definitely say, oh, that could win me over is to say, oh, if you get to Hulu Premium or whatever, you also get the Gizmoplex. Yeah, that, that could bring me in, but on its own? Because if you're not showing the new episodes, and if that's all the new things that you have to show, plus, of course, the live events, I assume that they're going to be streaming all the rest of the episodes that are available to them. Yeah. But as somebody that has all those, I, I don't see where i'm gaining much don't get me wrong i'll gladly back it for new episodes and for people that want to get into it and i do it with the hopes that it ends up being bought somewhere else either by netflix as another season or another company buys it up Uh, but as far as its own streaming service i'm a bit skeptical well it sounds like he's trying to capitalize on the participatory nature of it I mean, the Gizmoplex, it, it, it sounded like that there were going to be things other than just new episodes, right? Yeah, there's, they're, there's saying like live events and so on, but right. of course right and now that, that's, a bit, that's, that's nebulous. Well, that has to be part of the appeal, because I'm sure yeah, you're right, most big-ass fans like yourself probably already have their entire library, so they don't need it, but... I mean, the live events and stuff like that, um, those can be very cool. True. And you know like, what? I would like the Fathom event things. And you know what? If they bring in some of the side projects that are happening, for example, uh, TV's Frank and uh, the guy that played Dr. Forrester go out on their own live events as the Mads, because they were the two mad doctors for the big part of the Comedy Central run. And they go out and do their own riffing thing live at various live venues. If they brought in those guys as well and these other offshoots like Rift Tracks and so on, then I'm, I'm, I'm a little more sold on it. TV's Frank is hilarious. His, his... T- yes. Frank Connors. Um, He's amazing. And, and yeah. are, they, are they all friends now? I know there was some, some huh, rifts between them at some point. <laughs> are they more or less uh, peaceful with each other? Yeah. To my understanding, they overall are. Uh, they've gotten back together for various things. They did Cinematic Titanic together for a little while. Uh, the only one I think that's really kind of estranged is Jim Mallon, the original producer from the KTMA days and the early Comedy Central days. Uh, there, There's still some bad blood, my understanding, in that. 
But uh, aside from that, I think all the players are overall cool with each other. Robert Rodriguez opted to make a television show based on Dust Till Dawn for his El Rey network back in 2014. The film directed by Rodriguez and written by Quentin Tarantino had already spawned two sequels and a video game. But Rodriguez wanted more. And so we got three seasons of television that expanded the vampire mythos surrounding the original film. Speaking to SFX Magazine, Rodriguez revealed he is now working to create an animated series based on the Dust Till Dawn property. No <laughs> further details are available, but it is in the works. <laughs> Dust Till Dawn babies? <laughs> what the hell? Well... After after watching Invincible, there, you're gonna sit there and and just be like they can't they 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 couldn't do an animated Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, I, I think it'll work just fine. That'd yeah, be... I haven't watched Invincible. I can't speak to it, but it's, yeah, I'm sure it's fine too. But I do like the idea of Dust Till Dawn babies. I appreciate anime. I, I've never truly been into it, but I appreciate its nature of being for all ages. There's anime for kids and there's anime just for adults. And it's about time that American animation got back to that too. Mm. Like you said, Invincible is a fine example of that. Yeah. And there are other, other fine examples of that as well. I'm still waiting to hear stories of parents whose kids are watching Invincible and they're just having a grand old time until they come in on that last scene of the first episode and then they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, actually, so that was, so because Barry's read it and I haven't and he was like, oh, this is going to be great. This is such a great, like, and I was, you know, watching the first episode. I'm like, well, you know, it's a normal show. And then the end and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> And this next uh, story is just for Barry. Oh, here we go. Paramount Pictures and Bad Robot are making a fourth Cloverfield film. Fucking (laughs) why? (laughs) (laughs) Joe Joe Barton, who did The Ritual, is reportedly on board to write the script with J.J. Abrams set to produce. Cloverfield followed a group of New Yorkers during an attack on the city by a large monster. It was shot in the style of found footage. That is a style the new movie will not be using. The movie made $172 million globally against a $25 million budget. Following the success of Cloverfield, Bad Robot then made a sequel of sorts with the release of 10 Cloverfield Lane in 2016. The banner kicked off a franchise of loosely connected films, which continued with the Cloverfield Paradox in 2018. Both films were originally developed as separate movies, but later became linked to the original. The upcoming film is being described by the media outlet as a sequel, but it's unclear whether it's a direct sequel to the original or tangentially related like 10 Cloverfield Lane or the Cloverfield Paradox. I still have not seen the original Cloverfield. I actually haven't seen it either. I but, have seen the original Cloverfield, and it, I hated it because I wanted to see the other film that was filmed right next door to it. Cloverfield, I, ten, 10 Cloverfield Lane was a fun film because uh, John Goodman can do no wrong. And it was a good film. It, it was, was a great movie. I, yes, I really enjoyed that film. Cloverfield, the, the one in space. Paradox. Yeah. I, yeah, 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 
That's what I got for you. Did the you band know? babies invade us? What was that? <laughs> no, it was nothing to do with band babies. I'm just, I'm trying to find words. And it's just coming it's out of... Jersey. We'll That's destroy his... the earth if you don't hand over Kathleen Kennedy. Shut up! nothing to do with man babies and Kathleen Kennedy. It's his jersey, guys. It's his jersey. Okay. Yeah, it's just... I, get, I got nothing for you there. It was okay. It was just okay as a film... And you could take it right out of the of the series of Cloverfield films, and you wouldn't miss it at all. That actually explains the uh, subtitle for Cloverfield 4, which I understand is, what's on the left side? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> the problem with the Cloverfield films is they're too far apart from each other. There was no plan for any continuity between them, so you can't expect any. It's just a surprise. It's just a pleasant a pleasant surprise if there is any continuity. And Joe Barton, I ha- I I have to admit I liked The Ritual. That was a good movie. I'll, I'll if he's going to get involved, I'll watch it. I'm there glad you to watch go. It. What would you like to happen to Varg? Write to us comments at uglycouchshow.com. <laughs> and until next week, I am Master Torgo. Harry Marshmallow. <laughs> Gritty Marshmallow. Maple Leaf Matt. Vlargy Marshmallow. And Deb. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. And wow. Deb. Oh, thank like you. Thank you, everyone, for making us. Thank you for making a, this all a fat hell. <laughs> so, so no red light, green light. We didn't get to do any red light, green light. Look at the time. <laughs> Three hours. Because this. Yep. I'm, I'm staring at this guy down here and left like my screen. Pepper. Oh, and we've started getting emails for. Jeff to do bad impressions of people. So watch for that soon. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. Yes. So if you want uh, Jeff to do a bad impression, uh, send us an email of who you want him to do. He's got one impression only. He's got one only. It's Michael Caine. That's it. (laughs) Big announcement next next week. You can't do Christopher Walken. Well, he does Christopher Walken being being done by uh, Michael Caine. Big announcement next week, Geek Shockman. People, people who listen to <laughs> anyone who anyone whose voice is okay. So, Todd, I did look up the taking of Deborah Logan and the images. She looks like a zombie, almost like a skeleton with stretched skin. That's just the way she looks. Interesting. There yeah. you go, you, Deb. You should watch it just for the performances alone, just to appreciate the artistry. Of the acting behind it, I, I think the theater goer and you would appreciate everything you see in that movie. The problem I have, okay, the problem I have with horror, I think we've talked about this. So like, we have. It we scares have. the shit out of me, even though my logical brain is like, this is not real. It is. A but film. see, but see, this this is the moment where I have to ask you to just put that aside and appreciate the performances. As as a theater goer, I think you would be absolutely blown away. So much so that I don't think you'll be affected by the horror of it whatsoever. <laughs> Are, okay. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, Deb. <laughs> <laughs> Barry, Deb, sit down in a well-lit room and watch the taking of Deborah Logan. I, I, okay, that, that alone, no. That's, I can't. That's not, no. No. Okay. The Grudge. The Grudge scared the shit out of me. The Grudge is a scary movie. It should scare the shit out of you. Are you, Barry, are you going to be able, okay, if I, like, 
I can't. I keep you awake. I can't sleep for like three days. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's what. That's gonna. That's that's what's gonna happen. Man up, Nancy. <laughs> trust me. Trust the person. Wait a minute. That that Who's is a a sound device in yeah. your house uh-huh. for weeks on end to scare the crap out of you. Trust me on this. <laughs> You've been warned. N-word, 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 N-word. Oh, wait. Yes, N-word? yes, N-word. yes. Onward, onward. Let's go onward. N-word. <laughs> I'm glad that you could speak Canadian, Andy. It really helps to yeah, interpret helps. it, because I could have swore he said the N-word. And as usual, sure. Risto has no camera, so he could be naked. Could be. I would Damn. be a gorilla, for all we know. Listen, we're both naked, okay? Together, oh. in the same room. Watch out for that puppy at nips. She's cute. Meg, Paulette Meg's is a like sweetheart like that. Pictures. Yeah, I don't get any pictures of Meg. That's not fair. You want you pictures of stuff? I'll send you pictures of stuff. Not you, but Matt, send me pictures of Meg. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 584. I am Master Torgo. See, everyone's waiting for Jeff to say. He's not here. So I will take his place. Dr. Vlarg, you go last. What are you doing? Fine. It's Commander K. Let's go. Hey, I said something, but I, I'm trying to, I'm waiting for Todd to say, let's start this over. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 584. Oh. I am Master Torgo. Who's Griswold K? Fact <laughs> check, Andy. Damn Hurry it. up. The dog's chewing plastic. Hurry up. Get to me. Maple Leaf, Matt. Gotta go. The dog's choking on plastic. Was that? Are you saying your name now? Is that your name now? The I think it was his, his turn anyway, wasn't it? Yes, it, it was. was. It was. <laughs> yeah. Do this again. Okay. Oh, all all that matters is the puppy is okay. Yes, she is now. <laughs> all right. We're gonna, uh, take three. Oh, good. <laughs> take okay, three I, I, I on the goddamn opening of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and it's gonna be that night. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, I'm in for a long edit. All right. <laughs> I'm last. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 584. I am Master Torgo. Who is Griswold K? Fact-checked Andy. Death to America, Matt. (laughs) 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 You broke Barry. Barry Yeah. I'm supposed to be last. No, I'm last. Oh, fine. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, fine. The order goes me, Kristen, Andy, Matt, Vlarg, Deb. Or does everyone have? My God. (laughs) Say your bit. Jesus. (laughs) I mean, we could just reconvene tomorrow. I mean, a day later, it's fine. Have we ever blown the banding this badly before? This is impressive. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. This is really. This is what happens when Jeff is gone. This is. <laughs> it's Jeff, Jeff is he the is glue. He's the glue that holds us together. Yeah, he is uh, our Griswold. 
Oh. Are we doing it one more time? Seriously? We're doing it one more time. We're doing it again. Doing it the last time, right? This is this is it, right? This is okay. It, this is it. We'll go Kirsten and Andy and Matt and then me and then Deb because Deb yeah. apparently wants the and credit. <laughs> I get the last. Because I'm and I get the with credit, which is okay. Anyway. Uh, all right, Todd. We're ready. Let's go. All right. I watched a lot of Friends. Point is, stuff falls into right. the public domain. You do what the hell you want. All right. Steamboat. Steamboat. Steam, yeah. Steamboat Willie fights Gertie the Dinosaur. Yeah, but you got to wait 100 years. No one cares in 100 years. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's, what is it's that like, noise? Um, uh, I can see why people actually buy the actual pay for the stuff because watching it on the free uh, free sci-fi version was en- endless commercials. Just commercial commercial commercial. But it was it was great. <laughs> okay, I, I have to stop it here. It, where is that coming from? Yeah, who's doing that? It's K. It's gotta be K. Interesting. Did you mute K? No. no. I'm not doing it, Andy. What? It's Deb. It is Deb. It's Deb. <laughs> He's a goddamn dolphin. It's coming out as dolphin. What has happened? Okay, let's let's get this microphone issue corrected immediately. No, no, Flipper, how how are we gonna save them, Flipper? I'm sorry, Kay. It seemed like something you'd do. Deb, go ahead and talk into your mic for me. Okay, which one of you assholes is doing that? No. It's it's, it's something it might be something in the connection. We might have to reconnect. Is that a no bullshit? Is that a filter or something? No, honestly, there. One, I wouldn't know enough about Skype to create some kind of filter, but I wouldn't know how to do it for individuals. All right, we, we got to get your mic back online. So why don't, oh, God. <laughs> why don't you disconnect and pop in back in? Oh, this is gonna be so much work for you, Todd. Testing, testing, testing. There she is. They call hey, her. What flipper. the fuck did it sound flipper. like? It sounds like, like a, a, dolphin. a dolphin. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you'll hear it. You'll you'll hear it at the end of the show. <laughs> Kirsten, what'd you do this week? <laughs> God damn. Uh, <laughs> I dislike you. That is not what I sounded like. It is. Exactly it's not, it's not far off. <laughs> it's literally Flipper. It was Flipper. That's sort of the weird zone for me in that series. But, you know. Oh, uh-oh. no. No, not it's again. It's happening again. Are what is going on? Are you kidding me? What is going on? Seriously. I'm going to go look at your machine. What the hell? <laughs> See, the thing is, Deb, we, we, we literally cannot understand a word you're saying because it is translating it completely to Dolphinese. <laughs> oh, my God. That is it's hilarious. Actually, oh, say something, Barry. 
See? <laughs> you didn't believe us? Oh my Absolutely God. stunning. <laughs> I switch, I'll switch mics. I'll do that. Okay. So, and Barry, what the hell are you doing? He's lifting hand... weights is what it looks like. <laughs> Sorry. It's just, what the hell? Because it is. That is a rough, rough table. So you mean Barry can't play like 20 times to get a really good score? He gets three? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Brutal. Yeah, yeah that's I, exactly I it. Quit within seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, on man, the table, you will. <laughs> I've been having trouble with the, uh, with the, uh, what the fuck is it called? The, um, Hey Andy. Yeah. Good story. I know. The, um, how can I get this to come up? Wow. You are bringing it. No, no. The, uh, I I have more pinball things to talk about. If you need some time to think, Andy, you talk about it. You talk about it. (laughs) Board games arena. Fucking board games arena. Okay. We'll come back to that. We'll go back to that. Are you here, Todd? Am I the only one here? Oh, oh, better fall to live and die. Under the brave black flag I fly. Then play a sanctimonious part with a pirate head and a pirate heart. Yes, Kay? I wish I could mute you. So, uh, that what do you think it would is... cost? What do you think it would cost to get Todd to title this episode "Debbie Does Dolphins"? Wow, uh, they do have some of the best poutine in Las Vegas. There's poutine uh, in Las Vegas. We we now have a poutine restaurant that specializes it in Las Vegas. Where? We had one a couple of years ago. Do we have a new one. Where's that? It, it's called Fries and Pies. It's across from the Virgin, what used to be the hotel. Uh, the like Hard Rock Hotel. Wait, 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 wait. Across wait. from the Virgin, across from the Virgin Hotel is some strip club, isn't it? Did they turn that into a poutine? The place? Olympic Garden. What are you talking about? No, the Virgin Hotel and Casino. What used to be the Hard Rock Hotel? Right, and across from that is a strip club. Did they turn the strip club into a poutine place? The other street. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what was the strip club across from the Hard Rock? Club. Uh, nice. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, the, the worst I- burger ever. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you getting up right a strip club? No, really, the burger was just this big hunk of meat with these two thin, pathetic buns and this weak ass tomato. I'm like, what the fuck am I eating? Wasn't that strip club food? Uh, chairman of Disney Parks Experiences and Products Chairman Josh Damaro gave a preview for a full working retractable light slate. A full working retractable lightsaber slated for Disney Parks. The demonstration took. (laughs) It's a lightsaber. Say lightsaber. Say it. Say it. Say it. I can can almost get through it, but watching Kirsten laugh is is knocking me out. (laughs) Say say lightsaber, motherfucker. I dare you. Uh, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! What do they call spell it out phonetically? What are they? Light swords? What are they? Um. Shit! I have a confession to make. Uh, I've done this show for over a decade. I've never been a geek or a nerd. I've I, I faked my way all this way through. I. <laughs> you know. I've never oh, even seen know. the word lightsaber together. 
<laughs> that that's what messed me up. It wasn't two separate words. It was one. Um, We've been waiting for the day to call you on it. This is it, dude. You were fucking up over retractable. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I talked like a dolphin. Retractable. I fucked it all up. So that's your that's your pet name for Barry. Then that's a perfect name. Perfect yes. Name. Well, it's a her pet name for three fifths of him. Frickin'. His head is bigger than that. that, air, that, air, that air. His head's bigger than that, okay? <laughs> I was still trying to figure out the joke. Is he making a, a really bad oh. constitution joke? Is no, it, uh... no. no, there was a whole two fifth thing earlier about Barry's uh, ethnicity. Oh, that. Because oh. okay. I went where you went. Todd, Before the show begins, yeah, yeah, that's why it's getting cut out because everyone's going to think it's the three fifths compromise, which we are not talking about on the show. No, no. we're not. <laughs> Todd, you're going to have to sit through so many minutes of just cut. We're cutting this. I'm so sorry. Cutting this. Oh. cutting this. Okay. Don't I know it? Perfect. Geek shock cut. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Geek Shock's first 15 minute show. <laughs> Not only for bringing the series back, but for making it. It's, 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 I, you know what I got? I, I, I got to shut it down. The thing is that I'd be it's doing cursing. much better, but it's cursing. cursing. Making me lose my shit. Don't look at cursing. Don't ever look at cursing. <laughs> in life, just don't look at him directly. And how about you at home? What would you watch? Or or not? Write to us. Comment <laughs> at Ugly Couch Show. Try that again. Nobody's gonna rot anything. Yeah, what are we gonna rot? <laughs> I gotta tell you, people at home, you're missing out because you don't see Kirsten's face right in front of you. I can't see it on my screen either. What the hell? Just fucking English. Yeah. <laughs> He's enjoying it so much. Just ruining oh, the complete oh, English with this killing me. Song. Don't leave yet. <laughs> And he's like, no, wait, 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 don't wait, leave. Wait, wait, don't leave. Don't leave. Shut I got to tell What's you. What's your address? I, I got to tell you. webcam, motherfucker. got to tell the... you how much I love you. Just wait. Well, oh, now <laughs> don't I go, don't go anywhere. I fucking hate your life and everything just, about it. Just, just, just fuck stay you. Stay right here because I got to tell you. Stay right here. Stay right here. I just love you. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hate my friends.